Good afternoon and welcome to Animal Nation. I'm your host, Felicity Anderson. Well, what a day it was yesterday, a National Day of Direct Action to call attention to the oppression and violence perpetrated against other species by humans. More on that later. Today's guest is Joanne Lee and we'll be talking to her about the recent rescue of 66 chickens from a hoarding situation. Hope you can stay with me. You're listening to your local community station, OCRFM, and this is Animal Nation. Gosh, well, animal liberationists caused a media frenzy yesterday with a National Day of Direct Action that saw slaughterhouses shut down in three states, a sit-in at state government offices in Hobart, animals surrendered to a life of sanctuary, and, of course, the blockade at one of Melbourne's major intersections. The event achieved its goal of highlighting Dominion, a documentary exposing the dark truth of animal exploitation. Of course, the media and government spin has been outrageously biased. Words like criminal, invade, terrorist have been thrown around in a dedicated attempt to create division and to protect the oppressive, brutal industries the film exposes. I'll be sharing more of my thoughts on yesterday in For Compassion's Sake. On Saturday, we also saw the march to close all slaughterhouses, a peaceful legal march that the media seemed to almost entirely ignore. Hundreds of people took to the streets, calling for an end to the abominations that are these killing factories. Anyway, before today's guest, don't forget, OCRFM presenters are raising much-needed funds for the station by participating in Give It April. Some are giving up chocolate, some soft drink, alcohol, Tyson from the Friday Night Show is giving up animal products, yay, and Joff is giving up shopping at chain stores. That's a tough one. I'm giving up processed food, which has been pretty hard considering how much I love bread and tofu, but I actually feel really good. Please, if you can, sponsor one of us. You can find out how by going to our website, ocrfm.org.au, or by calling the station on 52321991. Every bit helps, and we will be extremely grateful. So to today's guest, Joanne Lee. Recently, a number of chickens were found to be in a dire state of neglect in Melbourne's West. Thanks to a group of concerned citizens, they have been rescued and are all looking forward to a new life of peace. Here's what happened. Joining me now to discuss the recent rescue of 66 chickens from a hoarding situation in Melbourne's West is Joanne Lee. Hi, Joanne, and welcome back to Animal Nation. Thanks for having me on. Now, you became alerted to a situation involving some neglected chickens. Can you explain what happened? Yes, it was actually neglected birds. There was a mixture of different breeds in this situation, which kind of unfolded and we realised as we entered the property. So... A concerned member of the public got in touch to advise of a person who'd been selling chickens from his suburban backyard. So this person had gone there to purchase chickens and was shocked at what she saw. And so she contacted the RSPCA who attended the address but found in there was nothing wrong from an animal welfare perspective and they actually approved his chicken pen. So they referred the issue to the council as more of an issue around the density of animals in a small space. And so from what we understand, the council attended, they knocked on the door of the person and they didn't answer, so they didn't follow it up. And the person who reported the issue wasn't satisfied with that response, so they then reached out to someone they knew in the animal advocacy community. So 
the person who reported this to us wasn't actually vegan and wasn't an activist. They were mm. just a concerned member of the public. And had they bought chickens from this person before? No, so this was the first time that they'd gone there and they were quite shocked. So the person we found upon um, further investigation, they were responding to and posting ads for free birds and then reselling them. So this person had found his ad on Gumtree. It was a stock photo of a chicken in a lovely green pasture. And uh, when she turned up to purchase the chickens, uh, she was obviously quite taken aback by what she saw. And so what did she see? What conditions were the chickens kept in? So the backyard quite a small backyard um, and there was one sort of main pen that had a large number of birds in there. I think what this person also saw as well, what really stood out was the lack of food available and the water that was provided was basically slimy green old water. She said that there were chickens who didn't look well. She wasn't a chicken expert so she wasn't too sure but she said they just didn't look right and so she was concerned enough to report it. And so what happened when you attended the property? So initially we had someone attend the property before the full rescue happened just to check it out for ourselves. You know, you don't want to turn up there with a team of people. You want to really verify the information. So we had two people um, go there and have a conversation with this person about the birds. They went into the backyard and they witnessed the birds who were in poor health, very poor health themselves. And this person knew a bit more about chickens, so they could see what was going on. There was no food in sight. The water was, you know, that was available wasn't fresh. And so that person with with the other person they were with at the time took seven birds out of there that morning who were in a very bad way. And they said, we're not leaving uh, without these birds. And one of them was actually a rooster who was being kept in a cardboard box. So they advised that person that they would be back later that day to collect the rest of the rest of the birds that were there. And they were agreeable to that? Um, I, I don't think they were totally agreeable because obviously they were a source of funding for this person, but there were some circumstances surrounding other things that were happening on this property that he didn't necessarily want known. And so I think it was he was probably reluctantly prepared to hand them over for that reason. So Later that day, we had a team of people who went back to collect the rest of the birds, and there was 66 in total that we took that day. And do you think uh, the person was aware of the neglectful situation or just ignorant to what chickens' needs were? It was, yeah, it was really difficult because when we went back there, so we had a team of about 10 to 15 people who went back there very peacefully but obviously quite firm in saying, we're taking all of them. He was happy to hand the Isa Browns over to us originally, and but he said he wanted to keep some of the other breeds that were there. And I think he became almost a bit of a, a bird um, uh, collector, hoarder, seller, and, and, you know, he wanted to hang on to the birds that were a little bit more rare or a bit more expensive. So I think he, he made a point of getting to understand who was worth what um, in the eyes of purchasers. And it was it was very odd. It was a very odd situation. I think there was a, a level of care from him, but I think he was a little ignorant. Yeah, there was some concerning things that he was saying. And I just, I think the reality is he saw them as property um, mm. and items 
to be purchased and sold rather than the individuals who had individual needs. Can you elaborate on the concerning things? So he was quite inconsistent in some of the things that he was saying um, and he was telling lies. He said that there was somebody coming down to pick up the rest of the birds and buy them that afternoon and so there was no point in people coming back. He said that he was RSPCA certified. Um, okay. Yeah, so I, I think he was just sort of throwing things around to maybe convince us that everything was okay. I think it, um, these situations are so complex because, you know, they, they may mean well or have good intentions, but either through ignorance or possibly mental illness, I, I, obviously I'm not going to speculate on that, but these kind of animal hoarding situations is sometimes the case. Yeah, yeah, and we were very, you know, we were very respectful when we went there, but we weren't leaving without those birds. There was just no way that we were going to leave anyone there. Um, and the, the footage that was shared, if people have watched it, um, Ernie who we found was in a very, very bad way and he had actually been poisoned. That was his diagnosis after we took him out. But the thing is, as well, when we were there, um, you know, I was asking him, is that all of the birds? And he was saying, yes, that's all of them. But then I was finding them locked in cupboards, in crates, um, in other areas of the property. And so we just couldn't take his word for it and we had to do a full sweep mm -hmm. of the area. And what other species of birds did you find? So he had chickens and ducks there. So, yeah, and, and they were all different varieties. So Ernie was a silky, always a silky chicken. Boomer, he uh, he had the swollen eyes, so he was a bantam, a game, uh, a game bantam. Um, and then there were ice browns, there were ducks there. So just a variety of different mm. birds. And so tell me about Ernie. So Ernie was the individual who was found in the crate on his own um, and we found him last. We almost left without him, but I just saw a little crate and I saw someone in there and I thought, yeah, there's chicken in there. So we went over to the crate and when we pulled him out, he was barely conscious and the person just said, look, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's just gone all limp and he was basically just in this crate dying um, and so... He was barely conscious. He had no reflex or blink. He had liquid coming out of his mouth. He threw up on one of the rescuers, um, and he was so thirsty and hungry, but he couldn't swallow. So when we removed him and got him back to where he was being cared for, we gave him fluids immediately, and he was very dehydrated. So we were very lucky that Melbourne Chicken Rescue uh, put their hand up and said, we can, we can help support with the aftercare. The rescue wouldn't have been possible without them. So we have lined that up prior. We explained the situation. They, you know, they don't discriminate. They don't care about the, the details of how this has come about. They just want to help um, chickens and birds. So they took on the 66 birds. And Ernie was taken to Dr. Gloria, a bird specialist, and she diagnosed him with cannabis poisoning. poisoning. Cannabis um, poisoning. Yeah, so he was, Ernie was displaying neurological damage, blindness, he, he was having spasms and he was very, very hungry as well, but he just couldn't eat. And so Dr. Gloria said that these were symptoms typical for a bird that has ingested marijuana or had marijuana smoke blown onto them and his prognosis was very, very poor at that time. It sounds like it, it was really in the nick of time that he was discovered. He, he would have been dead within, within that day or within 24 hours. Melbourne Chicken Rescue were... For three days they were administering fluids twice a day. He was crop fed tiny amounts every three hours. 
and that was in an effort to flush the toxins out. And his vent was blocked because his digestion had stopped and it had to be cleared. So on the third day, he managed to do a poo, which is a great sign because that was an indication that we had a chance of saving his life. And then within, you know, day three to ten, he was hydrated enough to stop giving him fluids and increasing the amount that he was crop fed. And then during that time, Ernie started to perch, he started to groom himself. He was lifting his head up and when the person who was caring to him spoke to him, um, he would look up at her through hazy eyes and he started to he started to blink and he started to stuff bathe and vocalise and just share his happy little voice oh. and he had a follow-up visit at that time. So that was a really good sign. What an incredibly lucky little boy. Yeah, and I mean now, you know, day 10 to 14 he started to walk he could only walk backwards at that stage and his body was still having spasms, which is typical of a brain injury. And the spasms will decrease over time. He's eating small amounts of solid food when put in his mouth. And as that, within the last 24 hours, Ernie's now eating on his own, which is amazing. So he's absolutely a survivor. He certainly is. That's a remarkable story of survival. And what about some of the others that were rescued that were high needs? So Boomer, he had a very swollen eye. He was the uh, the bantam. And so he was immediately given pain relief, antibiotics and anti-inflammatories straight away. He actually showed signs of being really pleased to be separated from the other bantams because he was starving. And I think they were fighting for food. They were lost in a little cupboard. And you can see that in the footage that we shared. But he had a glaucoma in his eye, which was caused of being pecked at or by hit. And he had a really bad infection. So his, the infection's clearing before his eye can be removed. And removing the eye when he's got an infection is just too risky mm. because the infection could spread. So he's been on um, oral antibiotics, two kinds, painkillers, eye wash, eye ointment twice a day. And, you know, he's had to have pus removed from his eye every morning and night as well. And there was a hard piece of puffiness, sorry for anyone who's a bit squeamish, that was the size of an eyeball, um, and it really just set the wheels in motion for recovery once that was out. Mm. Um, and he's amazing. He, he makes happy chirping sounds when he sees people. He's stuffed bathing, he grooms himself, and he's just, you know, he's just really bounced back, and he's, he's a tough little guy for someone who only weighs 300 grams, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible the spirit that they have, these tiny little people. <laughs> they just, yeah. you know, it Absolutely. seems like the smaller they are, the, the tougher they are. And, you know, Michael, who was found in the box, he was in a cardboard box under the house and he was so weak, um, the box was soggy and broken, he couldn't even get himself out. So he's quite a young boy, maybe 10-month-old Plymouth Rock. So he's a very handsome boy mm. and he was given fluids, wormed and as everyone else was, you could actually see the life moving. His, his um, carer woke up the next day with lice all through her hair. Oh, oh disgusting bit. Oh, it's making um, me itchy thinking. <laughs> when he was offered food, he opted for a cuddle instead, so he wasn't really food motivated. But Michael had broken toes on both feet, so he got x-rayed. Unfortunately, one of the feet is beyond help, and so we're having a boot made to, and splinting his toes. But he's loving his uh, life with his foster mum and... Um, yeah, he's he's able to walk and dust bathe, so that that's a good quality of life for him. And then there was Ruth, who was a little black hen, who was in the RSPCA approved hen, and she had a really bad respiratory infection. She couldn't breathe. She was gasping and gurgling. 
um, and she had a nasal swab done, which was revealed a bacterial infection. So she's been put on antibiotics, strong ones, and you know she's made a great recovery, dust bathing, having a great time. But unfortunately, a couple of days after that, she crashed again, and she had trouble breathing and was sneezing and coughing. And she she was going through molt as well. She so she lost her appetite. That she got put on pain relief um, and was treated, and she's still recovering. So yeah. But so far, all the birds have su- uh, have survived to this point. Survived. Absolutely, yep. Each and every one of them, and they wouldn't have. You know, I'm no bird expert. <laughs> I'm my my part of this journey was going in and just helping facilitate their liberation. But the aftercare, and you know, there's some 700 antibiotics, the calcium shots. You know, the the worming has all been done by Melbourne Chicken Rescue, who are amazing. And each and every one of those birds has been mutilated, so all of them had their wings cut. And so it's not just the medical um, side that, you know, needs to be taken care of. It's just the, the trauma that they've experienced and showing them kindness and respect, which they have not received, and really just, I guess, getting their trust back again, which is what Melbourne Chicken Rescue have done. And they are, are they a self-funded organisation? Yeah, so Melbourne Chicken Rescue, are, um, yeah, they're, they're self-funded, they're non-profit. I believe they're registering as a charity. So it's really just two amazing women, Lizzie and Nicole, who love animals. They're both vegans, they're long-term vegans, and they really just identified that chickens and birds, unfortunately, because of the way that society views them, they are very much forgotten, um, the forgotten victims, and particularly the RSPCA, when they respond to issues regarding birds, it's really just more about, you know, the density or noise rather than their their welfare. So they realise that chickens need a greater voice um, and they've given them that, which is great. I think uh, what you just said is so true because not only are they in numbers the most exploited and abused but there is definitely just a lack of concern for them by the general public people don't react in the same way as if they see a, you know a mammal with big brown eyes and a furry yeah. face it's, it's tragic because there there's absolutely no difference and yeah. they're equally deserving of respect and and care yeah agree and so can people help Melbourne Chicken Rescue, there's, this must have co- be costing a fortune, the vet bills and, and aftercare. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So there's been thousands of dollars spent and every penny is absolutely worth it. We do fundraising activities. So I'm not part of Melbourne Chicken Rescue, but I'm a big supporter of sanctuary and rescue organisations because we couldn't do the work that we do on the ground without them. And so Melbourne Chicken Rescue have got a Facebook page. They also have an Instagram page where they post regular updates. You can follow Ernie and the others' journey through their pages. Um, you can donate via their website, via PayPal, um, or you can just reach out to them if you're able to foster or um, provide transport or care to chickens as well. Um, they're, they're really a welcoming, inclusive organisation, and if you have, want to help, whether it be financially or physically or however you want to help, that they definitely embrace that. Wonderful. I'll make sure I put all those details on the Animal Nation Facebook page for people to follow up. And so just finally, Joanne, where where will all the birds go now once they're well enough? So many of them have gone to foster homes. Melbourne Chicken Rescue have a network of foster homes and they also have a transport network as well, which is amazing. It's just 
a bunch of people in the vegan community pulling together to, you know, get stuff done. But um, they're, they're all at foster homes. Many of them have been rehomed. A lot of the Bantams have gone to a sanctuary in Borneo, which is amazing. Um, and they're all slowly, once they're health checked and quarantined, being adopted out via Melbourne Chicken Rescue. So, yeah. Oh, and they all have a wonderful new life ahead of them. Yes, they do. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today and for all the hard work you're doing. This is um, a really wonderful, a good news story, I think. Yeah, agree. And I think, you know, it's, um, I, I think it's important to show people that this is not an isolated case and this isn't just about chickens who are in factory farms. There are chickens who are in backyards who are being commodified as well. And I think sometimes we forget about these scenarios and so... It is a reminder that, um, you know, factory farms are not the issue here. It is the way that we view other animals and that needs to change. They are not commodities. No. Well, thank you, Joanne. No worries. Thank you so much. That was Joanne Lee talking about the recent rescue of 66 chickens and ducks from a hoarding situation. If you would like to support the work of Melbourne Chicken Rescue, go to melbournechickenrescue.com forward slash support. Okay, coming up next for compassion's sake. Yesterday brought us the largest animal liberation direct action event ever organised in Australia. We saw slaughterhouses shut down as activists blockaded entrances with trucks and chained themselves onto kill floors. We saw government offices occupied, Melbourne's aquarium shut down and Melbourne's iconic Flinders and Swanston Streets intersection brought to a halt. An initiative of Aussie Farms and supported by a coalition of animal rights groups, it was an event organised to draw attention to the film Dominion, a film that exposes the brutal truth of our treatment of those vulnerable to our power. All day, as I watched media stories coming through, I was applauding the audaciousness of every single activist involved. It was a watershed moment in the fight for the right of other sentient beings to live free from our oppressive grasp. To paraphrase trade unionist Nicholas Klein, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. Well, yesterday we well and truly entered the fight stage. And didn't media and government come out with all guns blazing? Look at the choice of words used by talking heads and politicians. Terrorist, criminal, attack, raid, chaos, un-Australian, militant, even the use of the word vegan rather than animal rights activist. Now we are hearing about the hefty bill taxpayers will have to fund to cover the police operation required to manage the situation. We even had the Prime Minister offering governmental support to any farmers who wanted to go forward with a class action test case against activists. All carefully crafted spin to stir up anger towards those involved and to draw attention away from the victims. This rhetoric of division is obvious to many of us, but sadly it seems much of society suffers from the same blind spot to propaganda that they do to animal suffering and therefore fall for it utterly. But that's okay. This is one battle, albeit a significant one, not the war. It's just one further step in this revolution that will free others from our crushing greed. No matter how many choose to abuse us, I know there are countless more people out there uncomfortable about the truth. They are just summoning up the courage to see. It's like they're standing behind a curtain and counting down to the moment till they open it, that moment of knowing what can never be unknown. 
For now they're afraid to speak up. They see all too well the abuse directed at those of us who do. They fear they will be ostracised and demonised and those fears are valid. But it won't stop them opening that curtain. Their conscience has been moved and it's only a matter of time before they act on it. As activists, we need to remember this silent, compassionate groundswell is occurring. I know it's all too easy to be distracted and even disillusioned by the loud and hate-filled mob desperately defending their blood-soaked appetites. But they, like our prehistoric ancestors, will disappear. Their primitive views are headed for oblivion. We know there have been approximately 30,000 new views of Dominion since yesterday's action. That's 30,000 people pulling back the curtain and choosing to witness the horror that is animal exploitation, choosing to own their complicity in what can only be described as wicked barbarity. I trust most of those people will go on to make changes in their lives because I trust in the goodness of people. Yesterday was a success. We should celebrate. That brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you to Joanne Lee for chatting with me. Check out melbournechickensave.com or head to the Animal Nation Facebook page for links to follow the story of Ernie and the other rescued birds. Thank you all for your company today. Until next week, be kind and remember, they are not ours, they are other nations.